Hello everyone. We noticed the first time that we posted this episode that the audio cut out partway through. If you downloaded the bad episode, you can skip to the 35-minute mark to pick up where it left off. Craft Beer Radio, Episode 7, July 28, 2005. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week's show, American Pale Ales. Yeah. Malty, hoppy, everything you could want in a beer. Pretty much like the English Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. Um, a little less body to it, typically. And the hop that you'll get out of it will be distinct American style. So you'll have the citrusy and the, the floral type aromas, as opposed to the earthy and mossy type aromas that you're used to with an English style Pale Ale. As we'll discuss a little bit later... But first, we have email and news. Before we get to email, I'd like to mention a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Last week, I forgot to mention, there's a new podcast out there for homebrewing called Basic Brewing Radio. Okay. It's at basicbrewing.com. They only have three episodes out now, and they're pretty much just to get you introduced into what you can expect when you get into homebrewing. That sounds it's, useful. It's a, it's a very well-produced podcast, good information. I'm going to be listening to those guys when they start talking about actually making beer, because I'm sure I'm going to learn some things from them. Cool. And I also wanted to mention, since August is right around the corner, if you guys wouldn't mind, could you go to Podcast Alley and give us a vote? <laughs> we only mention that, not for our own egos, really, but just because the higher we're rated, the more people are going to find our show. And you can help us do that. If you want people to find our show, just give us a vote. That'd that's the last time you're going to hear us talk about it the whole month. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, our first email, we got an uh, email from Peter and Patrick from Eugene, Oregon, who, uh, well, I should actually say Oregon. Or- Oregon, yes. Yeah. They wrote in to uh, let us know all our mispronunciations of different parts of Oregon. <laughs> I guess I've probably said in the past Oregon, and that must be like from your nose down the chalkboard yeah. to a native Oregonian. <laughs> Oregonian. <laughs> They're going to kill you know, us. There, there are things like that in Pittsburgh. A good example is there's an area here called North Versailles. Now, it's spelled Versailles, but it's called Versailles here. And if you said North Versailles, no one here would know what you were talking about. They think you're crazy. Yeah. But again, if you say East Liberty instead of Sliberty, they might not know what you're talking about either. <laughs> so we're sorry for everyone who's from Oregon. hope that was right. And or, also, uh, we, talked, we talked about the hop. I called it Willamette, but it's pronounced Willamette. Willamette. Yes, Willamette. At least that's how I read, read his pronunciation. Willamette or Willamette? He has will hyphen lamb hyphen it, so I'd say Willamette. Willamette just sounds strange. But hey, I mean, I, I don't want to get on or- Oregon people's nerves, so I just say, sounds strange because we're from Pittsburgh, and so we have weird... Well, if you're from Oregon and you want us to get, us <laughs> r- get it right, send us in an MP3 of you saying it yeah. the proper way, and then there won't be any doubt about it. <laughs> Uh, Richard uh, from San Francisco found uh, us on iTunes, as a lot of people are apparently finding us. He is originally from England, and he was telling us about foods that pair well with the ESB. Uh, Among other things, he talked about Plowman's Lunch, which is strong cheeses with a baguette and a salad, and... uh, A shepherd's pie. shepherd's pie. Things that I've never had, so I've... I've had a shepherd's pie before, and it's it's good. It's... it's, um, 
for lack of a better word, very English. Okay. It's good. And really, what I think this brings across is that sort of earthy flavors go well with the bitterness. Okay. In the same vein, we got an email from Steve from Holland, Michigan. He wrote us a big, long description about mm-hmm. how bitterness helps prepare the, the body, the salad, saliva and the stomach and everything for food and how it enhances flavor and things like that. We can't really paraphrase or read it because it was so in-depth, but thanks, Steve, for writing it. It was yeah, interesting. Very interesting. We're talk. looking at this like, how are we going to get this on the <laughs> show? And the best thing we can do is just mention it because there's so much information there. Thanks anyway. And Drew uh, was kind enough to give us some information on beers that he thinks wives would like. Yes, the, the non-beer drinking wives that we were talking <laughs> about in the last couple of episodes. He mentioned the Linenkugel's Berry Vice. And I've heard this mentioned a couple times. I think mm. someone else emailed us about it, um, not about wives, but just in general. And I heard it mentioned on one of the other beer podcasts. I can't recall which one it was. It was probably the Good Beer Show. So it must be a pretty popular beer out in the you know Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana area. And I can't uh, say I've ever heard of it, but um, I'd be interested in trying it out. He also mentioned that New Glarus Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. I uh, hope that's the way you pronounce it. I've never heard it pronounced that loud, but I've seen the name. They have well, you rasp- know our problems with the pronunciation on this show. Yep. They have a raspberry tart or a Belgian red, which is cherry-flavored. That sounds is, good. Those are pretty good for people who want... Fruity want, beers. Trying to get into fruity beers, right. And he asked us if we've ever had Founder's Breakfast Stout. This is a double chocolate oatmeal coffee cream <laughs> stout. <laughs> wow. I've heard of this. No, I've never had it, but it is definitely on the must-try I want it. I want it now. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like pudding almost. I mean, you must need a spoon to drink that stuff. I'm going to D's like tomorrow, and I'm seeing if I can find this there. Double chocolate oatmeal coffee cream stout. Also, Todd was asking us if we have ever tried Rogue Chipotle. No, I haven't. And he says that it's his favorite from Rogue. And he said this is a very well done peppered beer, which is interesting because I've heard and I've had some peppered beers. It's hard to find one that's done right. I've had not too many pepper beers, but the ones I've had I've actually enjoyed. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm a pepper head. I love hot peppers and stuff like that. So I, I liked the beers I've had with pepper in them. So. Okay. It wasn't a Crazy Ed's Cave Creek chili beer or whatever. The, the, <laughs> I had a good one at the Extreme Beer Fest. Uh, they have a, a chili in every can, they said. Okay. And it was a jalapeno beer. It, it was a jalapeno lager, and it was really good. Okay. It, it brought that jalapeno taste without a whole lot of the jalapeno spiciness. So it had that kind of grassy, uh, flavorful taste with the jalapeno. It's good stuff. Okay. I just had to mention the Cave Creek. It's like the worst beer on Beer Advocate, and it's a continuous joke <laughs> about Crazy Ed's Cave Creek chili beer. I don't think it's Crazy Ed, but it's something like that. Uh, I saw, actually, when I was at D's, there was a a couple of bottles of a chili beer I was considering getting because they had peppers inside them. I was like, might be worth a shot. If but it's the Cave Creek one, pass I it. don't think it was Cave Creek, okay. but who knows. All right, that is all we have for email. It's Keep sending us your email. We, yeah. love getting, we love hearing from you guys. Yep, yep. Thanks for the feedback, everyone who wrote in. We replied to everyone. The ones that we, they didn't really ask a question or anything. They just said, great job. We replied to all those people. <laughs> and uh, let's move on to news. Let's move on. Beer news. Beer news. That was our new audio mixer. Listen to our <laughs> extra content if you want to learn more about that. As you can see, we're having way too much fun with it. First thing that I have under news is that 
Rogue is importing and distributing Trafalgar India Pale Ale. It's from Freeminer Brewery and Forest of Dean in Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire, United Kingdom. There, did I mutilate that enough? Six <laughs> percent in alcohol by volume, bottle conditioned ale. Beer critic Michael Jackson named Trafalgar as one of the world's top five hundred beers. <laughs> Not that Michael Jackson. Not that Michael Jackson. <laughs> Everyone who's listening hopefully knows about the Michael Jackson we're talking about. If you're not, you can go to beerhunter.com and you can check out the proper Michael Jackson. Mm. Now, he, he named uh, Trafalgar one of the world's 500 best beers. Now, a part of me says, isn't that kind of a backhanded compliment? Because a lot of the beers we're going to be tasting, a lot of the beers we have tasted probably rank there as well. Yeah, if you look at Michael Jackson's books, a lot of you know American craft brews are in them, and I'm sure... That more than, you know, probably more than five of the ones we've tasted are probably in his top uh-huh. five hundred. I'd say so. Yeah, it's um, it sounds like a prestigious thing, and it's hey, it's better than being five hundred and one, right? Yeah. So, it's good. I mean, I'll try it if I ever see it. I just thought it, it was neat to see Rogue bringing in beers. You know, I don't know how many of these microbreweries are now importing and distributing. I know that uh, Brewery Omegang is doing it now with the um, the Rodenbach. That grand crew that I had at the the uh, the Brewfest, they're importing that now. And apparently, you couldn't do that in the United States before, prior to that, or at least for a time period. Really? Yeah. So that's not their beer; it's something they're importing. Yeah, they're importing it from Belgium. Uh, this is funny because at the end of the Tour de France, Lance Armstrong, our hero, uh, or the hero, well, I don't know, America's hero, America's hero. Uh, said uh, he, he was asked if there's anything he wanted to do uh, that he hadn't had time to do during training and racing, and he said, yeah, drink more beer. We wholeheartedly agree, but we hope that it's good beer. Now, would you drink more beer, or do you spend more time with Sheryl Crow? I'd probably drink more beer. Oh, you don't like Sheryl Crow? Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Greg doesn't think she's a hottie. I, I, well, I think she's, she's attractive. But I mean, I'm not going to drop everything I'm doing. Let's <laughs> let's just move on. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> Next thing I wanted to mention is an, a couple articles I found about the big guys. Not really rants here, so we don't have a macro muck this week. But I found an article that was interesting about uh, the headline was beer price war seen looming, and talking about how the sales are down for the breweries and they're you know Bud Miller cores and they're going to drop prices to try to compete with each other. A couple interesting pieces here that I have highlighted. The survey found that 69% of the wholesalers have seen more growth in sub-premium brands compared to a year ago. So that means people are stopping, they've noticed people are not drinking Bud, but they're buying Natural Light, Keystone Light, <laughs> and the other sub-premium brands. Sub-premium. I mean, you consider what they call premium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he, you realize what sub-premium it is and how far below that can you go. Yeah, You see all these articles. And this next article is another one. We'll get to my point here after I read the next one. Anheuser-Busch earnings fall in second quarter. They mentioned nearly a 10% fall in earnings this quarter. And it's their second consecutive quarter de- quarterly decline. And everyone's talking about how the beer market is slumping. They're losing all these drinkers to the wine market and the spirits market. But they never mentioned that craft brewing industry was the fasting growing segment 
of yeah. the alcohol industry last year. Well, I'm sure they, they want to downplay craft beer as much as possible because I honestly believe that if people were if people grew up knowing craft beer instead of growing up on these crappy lagers, they would be more inclined to want beers that are tastier and beers that cost more to make and thus cut into the profit of these bigger companies. This article came out yesterday and on Google News when I was looking through just a beer search uh-huh. and dated it by thing. It was three whole pages of this wire story about Anheuser-Busch, except for maybe three other stories interjected in there. Mm. I mean, it was just you know, enough already. Yeah. And it was just crazy. And maybe that's just proportionate to the impact they have and the coverage they have. But, you know, it's like three whole pages of the same story about, you know, the 10% loss in their, you know, uh, revenue. Oh, well. On to bigger and better things. Let's talk about our beer style this week, which is the American Pale Ale. The American Pale Ale, we mentioned earlier, is uh, typically has a little bit less body to it, less malty than their English counterparts, mm-hmm. but they're distinctively known for having the American hops. It might not have the most bitterness to them, but they'll definitely have the flavor and the aroma of the American hops. Uh, uh, dry hopping is also pretty common in these styles of beer. The dry hopping, if you're not aware of that, is after the beer has finished its primary fermentation and is sitting in the fermenter or in the bright tank, they add more hops to it. Gives it a nice hoppy aroma. Right. It, it, it gives it tons and tons of aroma. and uh, That's it. No taste. No flavor. Uh, or very little. Very little flavor, if any. I'd have to double check. But it, tons of aroma. And since yeah. aroma is most of taste, you're, it's going to give you that whole back-end impression yeah. of all the hops that are in the beer. And this, this differs from an English pale ale, like we mentioned at the, uh, at the start of the show. Uh, but this differs because it's not quite as malty, a little bit more uh, accentuation on the hop. Right? And it's a little bit, um, little bit clearer, a little bit, I guess, lighter in color. I wanted to mention here that there is a fair amount of overlap between this style and the American Amber Ale. So we might see a whole bunch of stuff that's similar to what we had last time. I mean, last time in the Amber Ale, or not last time, but the, the Amber Ale episode, we noticed how they were very different. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if some of these beers are similar to some of those beers. Yeah, we're going to contain a lot of differences in this category. Yeah, typically these will have less emphasis. They'll be cleaner. They'll have less of a caramelly malt profile. And... Uh, and more finishing hops to it. So it's a little bit less malt, a little more hops than the amber ale that we've tasted. Mm-hmm. Typical glassware is just a pint glass. That'll do you just fine. Yep. Food for this one is uh, pretty general. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're in these good drinking pint glass style beers, it seems like the food is, you know, it's a good food beer yeah. again. A um, couple of suggestions I saw mentioned were Pan-Asian cuisine, salads, and poultry. Hmm. So it's a whole bunch of general stuff. And they actually didn't have anything under cheeses. That's interesting. So they don't have any real cheese recommendations this time, but it would be similar to the ones we've had before. I don't think we're going to be eating cheeses this time. We're probably going to save that for a show. We're going to almost do an exclusive show where we eat paired cheeses with beers. Yeah, we got a little bit of feedback about the cheese, and a couple of the ones said, save it for a show. Yeah. No one really said, oh, we love the cheese part. <laughs> probably didn't like us chomping on crackers, so we won't be doing that again. Serving temperature for this beer is 45 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit, which has been pretty standard on most mm-hmm. of the beers we've had as of late. 
That's 7 to 10 degrees Celsius. Leave it outside of the fridge for about 10 minutes or so. Exactly. And I guess we should start. So we're going to take the beer out of our fridge and get it ready to go. And we'll be back. All right. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. All right. We are back. And we are going to try the Clipper City Pale Ale first. From Clipper City Brewery in Baltimore, Maryland. They have an annual production of 12,000 barrels. uh, Available in Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Ohio. Not New York, incidentally. Interestingly enough. We actually had uh, a listener ask if we were going to try any Clipper City. Well, here we go. Clipper City Pale Ale. 4.9% alcohol. All these are... I think we mentioned around four to five. Yeah, I think five and a half yeah. is probably the top end on some of these. Poured mine a little too hard. Take a look at that. <laughs> and the first thing we're noticing is, uh, you know, sort of a, a light uh, straw color with a little bit of orange, a little bit of tangerine, I'd almost say. Very uh, clear. Yeah, this one looks filter beer. Yeah, this one is uh, yeah, a little orange to it. Has a uh, mine has a huge creamy head. Mine is a I, sort of softer, or, or it's a creamier head, but uh, it's about one finger or so. It's yeah, not bad. It's hard pouring a beer and listening to yeah. you and figuring out which you know because I need first couple of shows I wasn't listening to what Greg was saying while I was pouring, so then I had no idea what on the uh, the fact sheet here that I could <laughs> have yet to relay. So now I'm trying to listen to Greg and pour the beer, and I had a very rough pour on mine. I'm getting uh, from the smell. I mean, getting hops, getting a sort of a hoppy smell, not overpowering. It's um, it tastes. It has the aroma of um, some European hops, actually. Mm-hmm. And if I look at my cheat sheet here, it says it's that probably it uses, wise because it's using uses Fugels and uh, Kent Goldings. So that it, we told you earlier that these American pale ales use American hops. We were lying. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clipper City made us a liar. I'll tell you in a second if they made us a good liar or not. This strikes me more as an English pale ale than an American pale ale. Because I'm getting uh, maltiness in the front and then a little bit of hoppiness near the end around the sides of the mouth. It, the hoppiness kind of comes through, but it's, it's brought with the maltiness the whole way. So it's kind of like it flares at the sides of your mouth some maltiness while the, hop, the hoppiness while the maltiness is still going down. Yeah, it tastes very much like an English pale ale. I'm going to look it up here and see if... We were fooled or what, but this beer is definitely an imposter in this show here. It's good beer. Good, yeah. good pale ale. has a lot of malt flavor to it. You can taste the crystal malt that's used in it. Definitely. Yeah, it's an imposter. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an English, or at least that's well, the way it Let's tastes. review it on its merits since we have it open. But it, it's a good English. I like it. One of the things I like about pale ales in general is uh, they don't really hit you over the head for the most part. The IPAs, you know, sometimes you're into that and you want to get hit over the head with, with some things. And the IPAs will hit you over the head. Stronger beers will tend to really try to bash these flavors into you. Pale ales go down pretty smoothly. It is categorized on Beer Advocate as American Pale Ale. Interesting. So maybe someone made a mistake there or when it was added, it's, well, American Brewery must be American Pale Ale. It's probably yeah. what the person who added it was thinking. But definitely, I mean, using the English hops and with the English character to it, Certainly. I don't know how, any, how else I would qualify it. But it's good. Uh, we definitely recommend it if you get, if you're able to grab a bottle of it and you're sure. into an English pale ale. 
I've had a couple other Clipper City beers. Their Pig Leg Imperial Stout is pretty good. It comes out in the summertime. I One think it's summertime stout. I think it's a summertime Imperial Stout. It's a it's a light bodied Imperial Stout, so it's one of those you know what you'd see as a summertime. I call it a light stout. So you can have you can have more than one on a hot day, and it doesn't make you feel all sick and full and tired. <laughs> you know, it's part of their Heavy Seas series of beers. Bigger bodied, bigger character, bigger alcohol. You know, not all they're not super high yeah. in alcohol, but the other one is the Red Sky at Night Saison, and it's pretty good. It's a traditional saison. Mm-hmm. It's good and drinkable. We'll have to review. Maybe we'll do saisons on the. We could do that. Future show. I mean, we're thinking of doing Belgians, so yeah. it's a Belgian style. Well, let's so. talk about that a little bit right now. Next show, we're going to be doing a summer seasonal special. Yeah. It's going to be all beers that market themselves as summer beers, so they're going to be all kinds of different styles. And we're going to give those a try. And then the week after, we were wondering what we were going to do, and we were thinking like a, a Belgian Abbey or something, but I think we're going to do a Saison. That, might, that would probably work okay. for the time. So Saison, put that down in your calendar. Uh, they this brewery started in 1995, and you can find them more about them at clippercitybeer.com. That's about all the info we have. Yeah, I I emailed some of these breweries this week, and I got really busy on Wednesday and Thursday at work, and didn't have time to finish <laughs> up all the emails. And this is one of the breweries I didn't get to to email and get all the information from. Sorry, fellows at Clipper City. I wasn't all that busy at work, but. That's because I wasn't able to use my computer for half the time. Oh, no. I got a new computer, which is great, but I had to they had to do stuff with my old computer while I was waiting for it. Okay. Well, that last taste is brings that malt, nice kind of pale malt taste. I like it. But we'll move on now to Yard's Philadelphia Pale Ale. This strikes me as probably going to be an American Pale Ale based on the name. I would certainly hope so. There's a revolutionary soldier holding his musket. Yards is out of Philadelphia, obviously. Right. Uh, alcohol, 4.3%. It's available all year. They have an annual production of 10,000 barrels, but it says here a capacity of 100,000. Now, that was information that I had found on... The 10,000 was from beerme.com, which is a great site... Uh, I think it's just run by one guy. He's basically his own personal beer blog type tasting thing. But it has uh, production numbers, and that's the one place I've been able to consistently find these production numbers. And they had 10,000. And I believe I saw on Yard's webpage where they said they had 100,000 barrel capacity. So they might be brewing more than 10,000 now. I'm not sure. So I guess they're, they can go up to 100,000 before they have to move. Is the basic idea. And this is pouring... Oh, my goodness. Smell this aroma. Well, let's do the color. Yeah, first. let's do the color first. It's a it's a straw, really lighter straw color, with not a lot of bubbles inside of it. Sort of very clear. I see some carbonation, but not a lot of it. The head is poured is, with a large creamy head. Yeah, creamy, small bubbles in the head, a couple fingers worth. And wow, I'm getting almost. I mean, it's, it's a almost a pine like smell. From see, I'm getting a. Um, a candy smell, like a, a somewhat grapefruity, but also a little bit of a... It's reminding me of those little juice-filled candies. Hmm. I, I think I see what you mean. I mean, I would classify that as sort of close to pine, but I, I know what you mean. That almost, I don't want to say this like disparagingly, but almost sort of a menthol-like smell. Uh-huh. Just because it, it sort of towards the minty side. 
It has a little bit of mintiness to it. I wouldn't say menthol, menthol though, but that's because I've been definitely not a smoker. <laughs> Neither am I. But. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not a smoker is what I mean. I would never even touch a cigarette, but don't hold that against you me. never had any Vicks? You get the menthol from that. Yeah. No, it, ha- it reminds me of those little candies that come in the white wrappers, like watermelon flavored and this, that, but they have a little hmm. bit of liquid inside. And I think I know what you're talking about, what, but what this most reminds me of is cracking open a pine cone and just taking a big whiff, and that's pretty much what I smell. It has, it has the same thing, carries through the taste. Mm. It's a little bit tart from that flavor, too, it seems. like It sits on the front part of your tongue and it tastes a little bit tart. Yeah, it's tart, it, it sticks around, it's, pretty, it's bitter. Now, the hops that are used in this beer are one hop that I don't think I've ever heard of, the Zeus hop. Hmm. And then it's dry hopped with Simcoe, which I believe I've heard of, but... Neither of these, I, I couldn't tell you another beer that either of these hops were used in. Wow. I have to I do mean, some research to look it up. It leaves you with sort of a bitter aftertaste. But that smell definitely carries through right to the flavor. It's been right. a long time since I've had hops that have been, you know, that touch you like, this wow, dis- It's very distinctive. Not unenjoyable. I, I mean, was it's... mentioning to Greg in the, uh, the pre-show warm-up, which is in our extra content, about how... I had my Laconer for IPA for the first time, which used Warrior and Amarillo. That the hop flavor in that was so different. I've had other Amarillo beers since then, and they've been a little bit, but not as different as that one. And I think from that Laconer to this one, there's you know been no other hop aromas that have been as different and as mm-hmm. surprising as the Laconer and this this Yards one here. This is really interesting because it's one of those beers that I definitely would recommend because it's so different. It's like you got to try this, and like I say, it's. Certainly enjoyable, but it's also a beer that I don't think I could drink a lot of because of how different it is. It's not, it's got that bitterness to it that kind of says, this is good, but you might want your next beer, you might want to do something a little bit different. I'm on my third or fourth sip now, and it's starting to settle on my tongue a little bit, and it, it's not as aggressive as it was in the first couple of sips. Mm-hmm. So it's becoming a more drinkable beer as we do it. And so it's an interesting progression because the first couple of sips, you really get that unique flavor. And now, instead of it being just more of the same unique flavor, you're getting kind of used to it, so it's calming down. So now you'll be able to taste more different parts of the beer. So it's, it's nice how it opens up, introduces itself, mm-hmm. and then that part kind of subdues yeah. so you can enjoy more of the beer through, you know, through the end of it. As to how it feels, I, I think that the, the hoppiness is mostly coming through, it feels like on the front of my tongue and the back of my throat. And everything else, there's sort of a, a small maltiness in there, but not. But the, the hops are really clearly overpowering that maltiness. This is definitely an American. Any other comments? I'm just thinking. <laughs> I was just, you know, I was running through a whole bunch of stuff in my head. Not sure what to say next to our avid listeners here. But I was thinking, take this kind of pop aroma, mm-hmm. put it into a strong old ale or something, and... Drink it out of a sniffer and just enjoy all that aroma. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, let that thing warm up a little bit and get some alcohol in there with that. I was just thinking that'd be a pretty cool mix. This is, I mean, it's so different from what I was expecting. And so different from other paleos I've had that it's hard to describe when you try a beer that's so different from what you're expecting. The words aren't really coming that easily. But this is something that we definitely recommend you try. Yeah, I've said before that some aggressive West Coast hops have a grapefruit flavor to it. To me, this has a different part of the grapefruit flavor, but even more of it. It it almost tastes, and I don't want to turn people off by this, it almost tastes pithy. 
The pith is the the white stuff that you get um, around around lemons or around grapefruit. It's generally not very appetizing, bitter. I don't want to make it sound like this is awful and that has this this tastes like pith, but it does a little bit. It has a little bit of that kind of very tart, very uh, aggressive, bitter flavor. Yeah, I mean, if you want something different and you can get this beer, get one and try it. It's definitely worth it. So, Yards, if you're listening, make an Imperial <laughs> Philadelphia double, Imperial double Philadelphia pale ale, something we can drink nice and let it warm up with the alcohol mixed in because, you know, the Zeus and the, the Simcoe hops, I think I know what hops I'm going to order for my next homebrew. This would be, be I think really I'm going to try to do something with these flavors. Cause as I'm trying more, you know, I said in the beginning, uh, I don't know if I could have multiple of those. As I'm trying more, I'm thinking, you know what, I probably could. This is growing on me as I drink more of it. It's almost like uh, a pale bitter. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has a lot of lingering bitterness to it when it's in the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of just roaming around my tongue a little bit and playing different notes here and there and uh yeah it's certainly enjoyable uh definitely a surprise yeah wasn't expecting something this different <laughs> out of this beer good stuff yards uh, what other beers do they have um, we, we did, did we do a yards before we tasted that's what I've been... I'm meaning to print up a sheet of all the beers yeah. we tasted so we know when I we tasted I have a feeling yards. we've done a Yards before, but to be honest, I, I'm not sure. Let me um, pull up the site here. We're going to take a look at our website, which we definitely We recommend. did the Yards Extra Special Ale in the extra content of the Amber Ale. And it's actually an ESB, so mm-hmm. that's why I threw it in the extra. I messed up when I bought that time, but that was good. Yeah, that was good. Um, one of the Yards... No, I don't... Yards makes a stout called the Yards Love Stout. has oysters in it. Ah, good. I mean, you know, I actually like oyster stouts. Okay. I'm, I, I like oysters, and it just goes that I like oyster stouts. You get, don't let it scare you. There's a very subtle taste of oysters in them. It's not overpowering. It's not like, oh, my God, all I taste is oysters. I, I need to try it again. I, only, I had it on tap once two and a half years ago, three years ago, a while ago. And to this day, it's the only stout that I've had. Well, one of three stouts that I've had that I didn't like. Mm. But granted, that was a long time ago. That was just at the beginning of you know me finding all these beers. And I definitely put the, need to put that back on the let's try again yeah. list and see how I enjoy it now. But yeah, just had a... Just wait for our oyster stout, sh- uh, our oyster stout show. I don't know how many we're going to be able to find here <laughs> at one time. You know, I know we can get the yards, but it seems like most of the other ones are pretty seasonal and mm. um, specialty and, you know, kind of like on keg only at the brewery type stuff. Right. So. Well, you, you figure you could have a chili beer where you have a chili in every bottle. You have an oyster beer, there's an oyster in every <laughs> bottle. <laughs> Our next beer, uh, we're going to move on to Mendocino Brewing Company's Blue Heron Pale Ale. This is actually a, a higher alcohol American Pale Ale with 6.1%. So we're going to be loopy after this one. Using uh, Warrior and Cascade hops, they have an annual production of 18,000 barrels. You can find more about them at mendobrew.com, M-E-N-D-O-B-R-E-W. Mendocino. Interesting piece about this beer. When they emailed me back, they told me this is what they call a true purist beer. It is 100% pale two-row malt, 
and hops. They don't use any other kind of malt in it. Hmm. A lot of <laughs> a lot of these beers, they they mix in different kind of hops. They use the pale malt and some crystal, or some things like that. This one uses only the pale malt, and you don't see that in too many recipes. Mm-hmm. Brewery started in 1983. This is a pretty old brewery, uh, as far as craft brew is concerned. Beer's been around since 1985. So this is one of their first brews, and it's still sticking around. And we're seeing the same sort of light straw color. And Jeff poured himself a monster head. <laughs> yes, I'm seeing a same monster head that I... That, <laughs> if that's the worst part of our show, then I don't have much problems. I don't I, think uh, there's, there's a time that Jeff, has not brewed, that Jeff has not poured a head that's significantly larger than mine. I get the beer first, so maybe it's lucky. Who knows? The uh, yeah, you know, we have a pint glass and we split the twelve ounce bottle, and my foam is up to the rim. I got <laughs> over a half glass of foam on this thing, and I have a good two fingers worth of foam. So this one's nice foamy, and uh, immediately, you know, I smell those uh, those Cascade hops, and the Warrior is there too. The Warrior is um, is traditionally, I'm pretty sure it's traditionally a bittering hop, so you're probably not going to get much aroma out of that. It's probably the Cascade you smell. I could be wrong. But from what I remember, people only use the Warrior for the bittering part. They don't give you much aroma. It has an aroma which, dare I say, is a little unpleasant. And the only reason why I say that is because it kind of reminds me of bar bathrooms. (laughs) Now you're going to say, how dare you insult this beer? And it's... uh, well, it's kind of fading a bit, that badness, and the good stuff is coming out. I'm having a hard time. I, I got so much head here. You know, the head helps to trap aroma, right. you know, so you can enjoy more of it. I think I got so much head, it's trapping all the aroma. I can't <laughs> smell anything. And now I'm getting more maltiness. I think that's w- what that was, was that I w- it was fighting, the hops and the, and the malt were kind of fighting, and they were giving off this sort of bad aroma. But now... Now it smells really good. Wow, this beer has a lot of malty flavor for it, for just being all pale malt. Yeah. It has almost that sweetness, the, the, a little bit of stickiness like feel to it in the mouthfeel. First sip, I wasn't able to taste like a caramel to it, but it had that mouthfeel that you get with those wow. the, the ambers and the browns where it had that caramel taste to it. Mm-hmm. I read all pale malt. I was thinking, this is going to be a really light-bodied beer, and it has a really has substance to it. Yeah, it has, it has a, a good amount of malt. And just sort of a little hoppiness uh, sort of on the roof of your mouth. The hoppiness is coming through. It's got some of that bittering from, I guess, what you said, the warrior hop. The warrior hops are bittering it. But the malt is the primary thing you taste with sort of the hops kind of surrounding the malt. Yeah, it has a really sweet taste through the whole mm-hmm. the whole sip. It sits on your tongue. It has a little bit of stickiness to it. It feels in your mouth when it's in there. Nice full mouthfeel, too. It's another startling beer tonight, you know. Yeah. It wasn't what we were expecting when we were drinking it. I was expecting a very light, dry American Pale Ale with all pale malt. And this one has a full mouthfeel. Really anything sweet but dry. taste to it. It doesn't end dry at all. It, it really stays around, stays with you. Very inviting beer. Yeah, and it, now I'm getting some aroma out of it. Now that my head's shrinking, I guess my head was capturing all the aroma. <laughs> and I'm getting a, mostly a multi aroma. I'm not going to be yeah. able to pick, pick too much hops out of it. I mean, I feel bad for, for insulting the aroma at first because now, now it smells good. I, and like I say, I think it was there was a mingling of the hops and the malty aroma was trying to come out, and it just didn't smell good for that period of time. Okay. 
Yeah, I couldn't tell you because at the same time I wasn't able to smell a thing, and I thought my nose stopped working again, like it did the other show. <laughs> but now, actually, see now, I guess it warmed up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit of hoppy aroma from it. Not much. Still mostly malt. Uh, I have my hand cupped around the glass, just trying to get some extra warmth yeah. in there to see how it changes before it's gone. When you're drinking these, you know, half glasses, you gotta try to just accelerate the warming so I can get some more aroma out of it. Maybe some different flavors. Maybe it was a little hmm. too cold when we opened it or something. It could have been. It was sitting out there. I mean, I almost taste popcorn. As it gets bitter, that kind of fades have, away. Are you getting a, like a buttery taste to it? Yeah. That might, that's, a, that's from a chemical called diacetyl. Hmm. And I've actually been waiting to use this little bit of knowledge, but I haven't picked it out in anything yet. Diacetyl is it's a compound, and the human tongue is very susceptible to it. You can pick out like just a couple parts per million of hmm. it if it's in the beer. And too much gives it this really buttery taste, and it's it's unpleasant when it's in too much. But in certain styles, a little bit is good. And the yeast, when they're fermenting, when they're making, when they're fermenting, there's more diacetyl in the beer. And when they're done and shutting down, they actually absorb the diacetyl back out of the beer into the yeast. So it's kind of just stored inside the yeast. And if you want that character in your beer just a little bit, you maybe would stop ferment, stop the fermentation a little bit earlier. Huh. Before the yeast has completely absorbed it all back, and you get it. Let me see if I can find that flavor in here, because yeah, I, I would say that it, that's there. there. There's that butteriness, kind of coating the tongue a bit. Well, and and the butteriness also it coats your tongue. Give, it adds to the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Just you gotta make sure you don't have too much of it because right. a little bit does go a long way. And if you have a couple more parts per million in there, yeah. it's just gonna taste like buttered popcorn and not in a good way. But I mean that that flavor combined with the malt because it is pretty malty. It does give you sort of the impression of popcorn, which, when you think about it, is essentially a, a grass, like wheat. So, as a cooked grass, so it's malted. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, though. Like I said, how it tastes so full in the mouth, mm-hmm. and it covers the tongue, and that's a lot of the traits of diacetyl. So, thanks, Greg, for helping me bring my bring it forward, because I'm mean, like, every time like, I think about this, I'm like, i got to pay attention for that flavor and try to bring <laughs> it out, and I never remember. Well, so, there you go. It's a good thing. I didn't even tell Greg I wanted to, so... <laughs> it just sort of happened. I think we're starting That's to... Not... We're getting on the same track here. We're going to have a good show sooner or later. One of these times. So I'm, I'm done with it, because that was really good. That that went down nice and easy for me. Jeff is still working on his. So I guess I need to say stuff yeah. about it, huh? Instead of just sit here and enjoy What else it. am I going to do? Hey, stop being selfish. Sit yeah. here and watch you going, hmm... <laughs> I'm just being selfish. I'm just taking some more aroma in, a little bit of taste here, swirling it around. I can still it, taste it. It tastes hoppier now than it has the whole time through. So it's warmed up. I only got another sip and a half left or so. But I'm getting a, a really nice hoppy flavor mm-hmm. through it now. We need more than, than any time that we've been trying this beer. And it uh, still does not finish dry. It's t- obviously, it's still a yeah. sweet finish. I still taste the bitterness in the back of my tongue. This has almost been a minute and a half since I have had a sip so this one stays with you and i can still taste a little bit of that butteriness on the tip of my tongue but i think i'll have a little bit of water just to cleanse my palate a bit before the next one yeah i am going to as well our final sorry for the uh noises our final beer of the night is palico gold pale ale from anderson valley one of our favorite beer companies we've been impressed time after time with the anderson valley beers i had 
a few before we started doing the show. I've tasted a few new ones since and haven't been let down yet. Yeah. Uh, this is a 5.5% alcohol on this one. And also, it's good for us to use on the show since they are available yeah. most everywhere. They have wide availability. They have an annual production of 20,000 barrels. They're just in that microbrew area. This is interesting because they have what they call a proprietary hop. I emailed them this week. This is one of the breweries I got a response back because I try to get all these information for our fact sheets and off websites and off of different beer sources. And you, know, you always miss a few things. Not every site has their gravities or the hops they use or the alcohol percent. So I started emailing some this week. And they emailed me back and they gave me all the information. But for the hops used, they said, sorry, it's proprietary. So I don't know if it's a secret mix or if they have their own special, special hybrid hop. hop or what. Hmm. Okay, this one pours with a big head. That's even, a monster head. Even wait. when I was careful with yeah. yours. Can't wait to see what's on yours. Uh, again, sort of that light straw color. I think that's sort of standard for what we expect out of the American Pale Ale. Anderson Valley Brewing Company, again, we'll say, is located in uh, Broomfield, California. And their website is avbc.com. That's uh, very hoppy, that smell. The aroma is... don't know what hops that is, but there it is. Does it have a little bit of that smell from the, the, the yards? A bit it of that, does that have a little bit of the pine... I mean, yeah, it, it's not primary, yeah. but it's like the secondary. Yeah. I, w- I would there. say it's almost primary, but it's a little bit fruitier smelling than the yards, the the aroma. A little bit. Um, this is probably the cloudiest beer of the night. Yeah, well, it's not, it's, yours is cloudier than mine. I think. Okay, you know what? It's bottle conditioned most there likely. Yeah. So yeah, Greg's is nice and clear. It uh has a strange yeast in it. It's instead of being like a a brownish white sludge, they're almost like uh, the ground pepper. It looks like, hmm. and if you look at my glass, the stuff's like suspended there and not moving. You see that? Yeah. It's like, I don't know if I can get it in front between the light and you. I, I do see it. I see what but you're talking it's about. It's like there's like little bits of like it looks like the the beer is a plastic beer, you know, <laughs> with like the solid bubbles inside it. I got these little flecks in there, and they're not moving around at all. That's interesting. Hmm. That aroma is it's like the yards, but like I say, it's a little bit fruitier, a little bit stronger. Both Jeff and I are sort of trying to contemplate how to describe this. It's, it's hoppy, first off. It's hoppy with, well, really on the sides of your mouth and, the, and you know, sort of encroaching on the top of, of your mouth is this sort of bright hoppiness that comes from a different hop taste than, than we've gotten from any of the other beers. It's close to the yards, but it's not quite the same. It's bitter. But this bitterness doesn't stay on the tongue. It stays on the roof of your mouth. The tongue is sort of covered with a malt, but there's not that butteriness. Yeah, the uh, the proprietary secret mix of hops is is interesting. It's hard to place. It's reminiscent of the yards. But the yards is more distinctly different than this mm-hmm. one is. This one, you can drink it and you would pick out, you know, if you didn't have the yards first, you would know, so there's a little something different in there, but you wouldn't think it's uniquely different from, you yeah. know, most other hoppy beers. So, you know, maybe they use one of those, uh, the Zeus or the Simcoe. Don't know. Maybe. I wonder if we had this before the yards, if we would have thought the yards was that 
different. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I was wondering the same thing. You know, we have the unfortunate problem of drinking these beers four in a row, and you always wonder if you did them in a different order how your opinions would change. None of these beers are bad. This is certainly a drinkable beer, and it's enjoyable. But it's a hard one to describe. Uh, yes. This one, it's, it's hard just to... We can describe the individual taste, but nothing's really coming through that really says... Really describes this beer well. It, it's primarily hoppy, I find. It, it doesn't... It's uh, it's leaning towards the hoppy side. I mm-hmm. mean, there's some hop there, but it doesn't... Yeah. It's not a balanced beer. It leans toward the hops. Boy, that does taste good, but it's different. They're all, they've all been different, like we expected. Yeah. Uh, they've all been considerably different from each other. I wish I could figure out, be more eloquent with yeah. this beer. We have had four beers, so. <laughs> the more I taste it, the more I like it. No, yeah, I mean, I like it too. I just can't find words for it, which is not good for a radio show. Yeah. We need to go on TV now. We can flash up <laughs> different graphics of... of um, hmm. This is Guys that, playing football and twins and bathing suits. You know, we just flash those graphics and we'd be good to go. You know, there's a really... Sometimes bitterness gets you sort of turned off. This is very inviting, the kind of bitterness that's there. I think because it's surrounded by the happiness that stays with it as well. Just, it, it sort of invites you to drink more of it. This is a beer that I, I need something myself. to eat with. I think this beer, more than any of the other ones, you know... Asks to have some food with it. And I was like, pair me up with something. You think so? Because most of these other beers, I mean, we have an interesting law. We've mentioned it a hundred times here on the show that in, Pen- in Pennsylvania you have to get cases of beer. Most of these other beers, I'd like a six-pack of, but I don't know if I'd want to get a case. This one, I'd like a case of it. Hmm. I, I enjoy this. It, this reminds me of some other beers that I've gotten cases of that I think... I'd really like to share with people, like to share with my friends, because it just keeps getting better and better as I drink it. We didn't mention the awards this beer has won. It's uh, it's well decorated. I hate just reading off a whole list of things, so <laughs> let me just find here. Uh, regional champion of the Gold Nail slash Kolsch in the U.S. Beer Tasting Championship Summer Competition 2003. Now, if that wasn't a mouthful, we got two silver medals at the... Uh, World Beer Championship and oh, CSF. What's CSF? You know, when I was putting the sheet together, I'm like, I'm gonna have to look up CSF before the show. You know, <laughs> well, sorry. it won the CSF at any rate. Yeah, I didn't look it up. So the it won, it won CSF four different times for golds and silvers, and then had a couple. Uh, I had a silver and a bronze at the World Beer Championship, so it's won its fair share of awards. Some of the other beers that we've had from this brewery that we like is the uh, the ESB, mm-hmm. which we reviewed on the show, and it was one of our favorites of that episode. Yeah, the Oatmeal Stout's good. The Hot Bot and IPA is another good one from them. And cannot forget their Winter Solstice. Their Winter Solstice is great. We're actually going to be reviewing another one of theirs next week. Their, their summer, summer solstice. solstice. I didn't even know they made a summer solstice. It makes sense. It shows my ignorance, but I did not even know. Do they make a vernal and autumnal equinox? <laughs> Mm. I like it. I really do. This one is my favorite of the night, I think. It's good. It um just so hard to describe. <laughs> I am 
it, the I'm getting more citrusy stuff. Um, yeah, again, as we're finishing up these beers and they're reaching, you know, their warmest pint point before they're gone, we're getting most hops out of them. Mm-hmm. It's, this should tell all of you to, you know, keep your beer. You don't want your beer cold. You don't want the cold tasting beer. You want to. You want your beer to be warmer because that's when all the flavors really start to come out. Yeah, we let these ones warm up, and you know, for this one, it's been the longest time out of the fridge. Maybe we, should, you know, should drink them even warmer. You know, yeah, to get more flavor out of these things. All right, I'm almost done. Greg's done. Yeah, well, let's rank them because that's what okay. we do. And again, when we rank them, we're not saying this is the better beer. We're saying these are what we felt like we enjoyed the most this particular night, and we say that they're all good beers. So I am going to. Oh man, that's going to be a tough one. It's a really tough one because they're, they're so different. They're different, and I like different ones for different reasons. You know, the different reasons. I liked the yards because it was different. Yeah. And it yeah. was unique. And it was very drinkable. Well, you know, it wasn't, you know, it didn't scare me away mm-hmm. at all. The uh, Clipper City was, it was the imposter here yeah. tonight. And now it's not its fault. You know, the brewers could have said, you know, I'm brewing an English pale ale. And we just bought the wrong beer because of the information we were going with. The uh, the blue heron was very surprising because of we knew what ingredients was in it and we were surprised how much flavor right. it had. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is a tough choice. This is one of the hardest decisions in pairing these things up. I arrange the bottles around on the table here, and you know I just keep moving them until I find something that you know just clicks and says, "Yeah, that's about right." I've got mine. I know you do. Oh man, the top three. <laughs> You know, uh, Clipper City is last because Clipper City is last, and only because it's it, it, an, it's an English. I mean, it yeah. tastes like an English. It's not like an American pale ale. We're sort of ranking these, and American we'll take English. full responsibility that we bought the wrong beer yeah. for this show. Yeah. So, English pale ale, you want one? Buy the Clipper City. We don't want to, you know, say bad things about the Clipper City. The beer was good. It just didn't fit in with the show. Of course, Clipper City might contact us, contact us, and say, "Oh, it's an American pale ale. What are you talking about? You guys about? are a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't." You know, maybe we don't know anything. Who knows? But it's still, I mean, it's the least, it was the least surprising of these, the least kind of challenging. Well, you, know, you don't four. need surprising or challenging. You, exactly. You don't it, need surprising. If it surprising was the same beer built with American hops, it would have fit the style perfectly. Yeah. And like I said, we should just let it go because it's probably our fault. It shouldn't have been tasted in the style. And just because yeah, it was, I, I we agree. only bought it there because it was ranked, it was categorized yeah. the beer advocate as an American pale ale. It, but it, it's a good American, a good English pale ale. It's it really good, and we think that it would rank well with other English pale ales. Absolutely. So the remaining three, <laughs> I just want to stack them on top of each other. Um, <laughs> you you, know, the you yards, can do that if you want to. The yards is good and unique, but not as drinkable as the other two. So I think I'm going to have to use drinkability as one of the top criteria mm-hmm. tonight. You know, I won't always use that as a top criteria, criteria, but I think for tonight I'm going to use drinkability for my top criteria. And I think I'll put Anderson Valley first, just like you. And I'm going to use Mendocino second. That was the one using all the pale malt and surprised yeah. the hell out of us because it had so much flavor. The Yards is the most unique beer of the night. I'm going to put it third for my arbitrary ranking scheme tonight. <laughs> and then Clipper City is going to to round up a solid fourth because we screwed up and put them in the wrong category. Right. You know, I, I have to be honest. I'm having a hard time deciding which is number two. 
Okay. Uh, just like you. Uh, for me, number one is Anderson Valley. I still taste it. I still taste like, oh, I want more of that. Wow, those Anderson Valley guys are good. <laughs> Last is Clipper City, just because, like we say, it, it doesn't fit in the category. It doesn't fit with these other three beers, so it's sort of forced into last place. Not by any responsibility of its own, because it's a very good English pale ale. Wow, between the Blue Heron and the Yards, I may switch your order around a bit and go with the Yards a second, just because it was like, wow, this is, ooh, really? And the Blue Heron, as drinkable, and great. <laughs> what yeah. else can I say? They're, now, they're all great. I just wanted to mention, I'd rank the Yards as third. On a different night, I could have very well put it first because I was in the mood for yeah. something completely different and completely unique in the style. So, like I said, the top three are so close. It's, it just depends on which way you want to judge them. We recommend if you see any of these beers, any four of these beers, give them a try. You'll like them. I think that's it. That's okay. uh, all for the show. Unfortunately, we don't have any macro muck or yeah, anything like short, that. It's a short week. show tonight. It looks like we're at... Oh, wait, no, it's going to be a longer show because we have it in two parts. So it's probably going to be about the same amount of time. We're going to have a couple more beers in the extra content. A couple? Well, we already tasted one in our warm-up. Yeah, that's true. So in the extra content, we're going to have the Speakeasy Untouchable Pale Ale. Mm -hmm. We're going to have the Flying Dog Classic Pale Ale. And we might even have one extra beer. Ooh, mystery. Yeah, we'll see. It, right. You can always check our website at craftbeerradio.com, and you'll see the whole list of, of what we've tried. Yeah, we're not going to make you listen to the extra to find out what it is. We'll put it on there, <laughs> but we're not sure if we're going to get to it because beer has alcohol in it. And I need to edit the show before I go to bed. And I need to drive and, home. And I typically am up till almost 2 a.m. doing the editing anyway. <laughs> so, all right. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. If you have any questions or comments, email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. Our intro and closing music is Lameface by Feeble Wiener. You can find a link to Feeble Wiener on our website. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Craft Beer Radio.